Welcome to the Voices in Union podcast with Reggie Jackson and Maria Hamilton. Good morning, Reggie. How are you? Washington, D.C. with uh, two other moms for the anniversary of the Dr. Martin Luther King uh, I Have a Dream speech. Uh, We got here yesterday and it's pretty much been ongoing. I think I may have slept for three and a half hours with uh, everything that Frank and the walkers are going through. Um, I'll be back on the video probably as soon as we end our podcast this morning. Um, They're supposed to be leaving out of Philadelphia, but the sheriff told them that they would be meeting a welcoming party. So we're interesting to uh, see what that's going to look like quite naturally it'll be live on a lot of fronts so um, we're watching that because we're literally going to leave our hotel sometime today tassie going to meet with them um von is here too uh he actually flew in but so the four of us are actually be going to meet them to walk into washington with them okay well, it sounds like you're having a little bit better time than I'm having back here dealing with all of this mess. I mean, I'm, I was so furious yesterday. I very rarely get mad. But I was really just mad at all of the stuff that's been going on in Kenosha where the man shot in the back right in front of three of his kids uh, three minutes after the police arrive on the scene. They've already tased the man and shot him in the back within three minutes of arriving, which is absolutely ridiculous. In fact, we have to wait several days to hear the identity of the police officer. The fact that it's always slow motion when police do stuff. The fact it's this 17-year-old kid from Illinois shoots people (laughs) with multiple people videotaping, shoots, kills two people, injures a third person, walks up to the police with his hands in the air, and just just go right past him like, oh, okay. Like, I don't understand what your your hands in the air means. Like, everybody understands. That's the universal. The universal definition of I give up. And they just walk right past him, and he goes back home, and they arrest him in Illinois. And it reminds me of what happened with Dylan Roof after murdering nine people in Mother Emanuel Church. Oh, oh, are are you hungry, Dylan? Oh, what do you want? Oh, you want Burger King? Oh, we'll run out and get you some Burger King, dude. I mean, for these people to be murderers and get treated like they are treated, and then unarmed, innocent black people, minding their own business, being killed or or injured like Jacob Blake is, you know, paralyzed from the waist down. They can take part of his lower intestine, his upper intestine out. He has kidney damage. He has liver damage. He has damage to his spinal cord. His spinal cord was severed by one of the bullets the police shot. And and just to see the hypocrisy of the Republican National Convention talking about law and order last night and the night before and the night before. It just made me want to just throw up. 
Maria, I'm just so disgusted. And, you know, I, I, I don't even know what to do or say right now. I'm so just done with all of this. I, I was telling, you know, several people, uh, including my wife, that, that I've been having dreams that I wake up in another country. You know, I wake up in a country and everybody's black. And my wife was like, well, where was I at? I'm like, I don't know. You must not have wanted to go with me because you weren't there, right? <laughs> But I mean, I'm just, I'm at that place where it's like, why do we stay here? Why do we stay in this country? That's the question I'm asking myself in, in, in the black community. Why do we stay and put up with all of this nonsense? I mean, I know we want to fight. We want to make this country what it's supposed to be because we built this country and all of that. But at what point do we get to an understanding that we're just banging our heads up against a brick wall, waiting for the changes to happen? Well, I actually did a um, podcast last night, and we actually talked about ways that we can see this change happening, and we gave four different perspectives. Father Grappi's daughter was on there, uh, along with um, Shaquilla Taylor, and David Bowens, and um, it makes sense that we have a duty to fight for equality of life in this country for that reason you just said. We built it. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle because they still don't respect us. Uh, people in power that are running this country is pushing the division because of the election. And that's not all that's what's going on here, but the Republicans and that man down the street from me literally want loss of life. They're inciting loss of life into the people that are following him. Um, what can we do right now at this moment? Continue to pray and um, be strategic in the planning to get people out to vote to get him out of office also what a lot of people aren't even thinking about is the election coming up in November, it just ain't Donald Trump. There are Senate seats, there are all these other people that's gonna be on the ballots that make decisions right there where we are. Mm -hmm. So we need those people out because they are a part of the systemic racism too, where we live at, because they're making legislations and laws. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It, you know, I also very understand that a lot of those people are not up for election in November, and they will be around for a few more years. So, you know, my perspective has just kind of shifted when it comes to the voting stuff. Maria. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of tired of hearing about voting, to tell you the truth. 
Because voting would not have stopped that 17-year-old from killing people in Illinois. No. Voting would not have stopped those police officers from shooting Jacob Blake in the back. No. Voting would not have stopped those officers from sitting on top of the man in Minnesota. I mean, I understand the power of it, but I think that we're, we're, we're putting way too much weight behind voting as the, the, the change maker. We've been well, voting. I, I think I think more than we've ever had in the history of this country, but we still got the same foot on our neck, and we still got this because we have prosecutors that don't give a damn, right? And because they run out of had somebody that yeah. we could literally run against uh, children, he wouldn't be there. But we have to continue to groom people and tell them that, hey, if, if this is your passion and we need somebody in D.C. to run. No, he's not going nowhere because we don't have nobody to run against him to introduce to the public. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have a couple of years now um, to actually find somebody or vet people that actually want to do that job that is going to prosecute these police officers. It don't make no difference if they arrest that young man or they arrest the police officer because John Jism ain't going to lock their ass up. There isn't going to be a job trial. They are not going to jail. So we need people who don't need the police in his office. Well, you know what? We we can do petitions. I plan on doing petitions to try to get him removed because we can get him removed. But we need somebody to put in his seat. How are we going to get rid of him and don't have nobody? Well... You know, I've had conversations with folks that talk about Chisholm and the way the DA's office is run. And what they've told me very specifically is that he runs around the country talking about reform, which he believes in very strongly, but he isn't making the assistant district attorneys live up to that. So you get rid of Chisholm. Okay, you replace Chisholm, but what about the assistant district attorneys who aren't following their boss? Are they going to follow the next one? It's Are they office. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what what we need is somebody like the Philadelphia, uh, you know, DA, who basically came in his first meeting and said, we're making these changes. If you don't like it, you can leave right now. Right. Do we, do we know somebody like that that's going to have that confidence in themselves? To, to speak to those people in the DA's office in Milwaukee in that way. We get we can only pray that we we can get somebody from out of the state of Wisconsin that has that gumption to do that because they're not there. They yeah. do not live where we live. Right, right. Um I'm I'm looking forward to um speaking with the Blake family, um, but this Mr. Blake's case has taken us to places that 
we have never experienced and he's alive. He is his own testimony of, of, of this racism that we have in Wisconsin. And I truly believe, and I'm very hopeful now that we can get somebody from the outside to come in and be like, you know something, I'm, I'm willing to sit at the table. I'm willing to work with the community to give y'all what y'all actually need. So this city, this state can start to heal. But on a state level and a federal level, things has to change in order to go past the state. Because what's important, like we're talking with daily, we have 99 legislators in the state of Wisconsin right now, and there are mm -hmm. only seven of color. Mm -hmm. So they really don't have a push to change laws or present bills because it's going to fall in a vote anyway. So why use all this time creating bills for just to sit there? Take that time and energy to, to talk with people about what's needed, work on it, be strategic about it. Let's get something that really is going to work when we have the opposition to get it passed. Yeah. Who's going to keep spending money and time working on legislation that the Republicans isn't going to pass? And we know it. Yeah, you know, that, that that's the, the, the pickle that we're in here in Wisconsin. We're 6% of the, the residents of the state less than 5% of registered voters in the state, six out of 99 seats. So what voice do you really have? You think you have a voice, but you really don't. I mean, you have a voice, but it's like a whisper as compared to this other people. And this is what I've, I've been saying to people that I know around the state about what's going on. Listen, if you're concerned about what's happening, stop voting for these Republicans that you've been voting for. Because we talk about, you know, what, what the state attorney is going to do in this case and all this other stuff. But listen, the people that have the power to control the laws right now are Republicans. And as long as they're in the position that they're in of power and they created gerrymandered maps to maintain their power forever, then unless white people in these rural communities and suburban communities and next urban communities get really pissed off like we are and stop voting for them, stop voting for the Roberta darlings of the world, then nothing's going to change. Don't tell me that you're woke, but you sit around and you watch people like that get elected time and time again, and you're not out in your community advocating for a different voice, because ultimately, that's the only thing that's going to save Wisconsin. Right. Wisconsin right now is on the, not just on the world, uh, I mean on the national map, they're on the world map. People around the world are talking about what happened in Kenosha. What, and with what happened in Kenosha night before last, um, mm -hmm. protesters' tires were slashed. Um, protesters went to jail. We had a young man to put a statement out last night that they held him for 14 hours and beat the shit out of him, and there's no record of it. 
in Kenosha. Uh, That was the Kenosha Police Department. Um, And uh, the two young men that were killed, they were white. And one of them was a resident of Kenosha. they're, the white people in Kenosha are upset, yeah, about their property. What they haven't, what they're failing to realize is the police are, are called, causing the wreckage in Kenosha for the simple fact they're doing the Donald Trump and signing for these militants to come in and to kill people. Uh, we actually have a video of a police officer saying that, yeah, we're going to go down here, we're going to push the crowd back to you guys, and you guys take care of it. So you're inciting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. death and shootings of innocent people because they have a voice. The regular protesters that I was there with, we told them that. So all of this burning up stuff and uh, causing fires and tearing up people's properties, those are all people. You all are inciting that. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody black had no uh, had no, had no dynamite. They are inciting that. There were literally police and militants in the march with us and the minute they got to the courthouse they started burning shit we had been there for hours and it mm-hmm. wasn't no fire set mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but these people look like them and they're coming from other places because the police on their pages their social media media pages they're telling them to come in and protect people properly and they're inciting this riot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We get this from y'all. Yeah. And y'all get this off a group of young people that say, we don't care what the hell burned down. We don't care what y'all lose. Y'all ain't listening to us. And the reason why y'all have this country is because you burnt, you stole, you killed people. So, like the police told them, Okay, them two little white guys that got killed, uh, they're collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Who in the hell say that a human life is collateral damage? Well, you know where that type of language comes from. You can incite to kill black people. So what these two white kids died, you ain't killed enough black people yet. Well, you know that language comes from from this military mindset where they go over to Afghanistan and Iraq and other countries and kill people and talk about collateral damage. You know, we use drones to, 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 you know, to bomb uh, a group of people looking for one person to kill. And we kill multiple people and, oh, oh, those other people were collateral damage. You know, this dehumanization has been a part of America since the beginning. Absolutely. What you did as a nation, you couldn't become what you became as a nation without dehumanizing some folks. And so the fact that people are acting like they're surprised now is another thing that's really beginning to bother me. 
I keep hearing people say, oh, I can't believe this is going on in 2020. Well, what world have you been living in where it hasn't been occurring? Right. What have you seen that these things are not happening? Have you been paying attention to the increase in the white supremacist groups? Have you been paying attention to what these militia groups have been doing for years? Right. It, being challenged by the police. And they haven't. It doesn't surprise me at all. Meaning? It does not surprise me even one iota. Well, from being in the midst of it, we're in a war zone with what's going on in Kenosha. And it's spilling over across the United States. Uh, they were rioting again in Minnesota, which they really didn't have a reason to because when the police said that they didn't shoot that young man yesterday, he shot himself. He did. Uh, the video is out of him supposedly uh, killing somebody and the police was after him and he literally put a gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger uh, in broad daylight on the street. Um, but people... People aren't selling anymore because the police say it so. Uh, they they want to see the facts. Um, it's so much going on right now that's on video uh, that we can actually see it in real time. And people aren't going home. So I actually see this getting worse in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we were actually listening to interviews yesterday where uh, <clears throat> where they're actually going to be here to prevent the march. They tried to get them to actually uh, stop the march uh, on Friday here. Um, there are police officers along the way trying to prevent Frank and them from getting here. So the next 48 hours is actually going to be crucial. And whatever happens here Friday in Washington, D.C. will change the foreseeable history in this country. Uh, because me personally, hey, if, if something happen and uh, my life was taken on this trip, uh, I feel as though I've done a good job. And uh, my life would have not have been in vain. And I want to encourage everybody that I meet on this trip to don't give up, to continue to fight in my demise or whoever demise, uh, because if we just let it blow over that's what they're actually waiting for us to just go back in our homes and let things remain the way that they are um six or seven months six or seven months ago uh later coming up it'll be the same thing and it'll It'll be, they'll be upset for a while, and then it'll just blow over. We never should have went in our homes when that trade died. But now that we have an opportunity, and these white people are actually seeing this in real time and saying that 
we've been lied to. And this has to stop. It's boiling over into where we live at now. Mm-hmm. So it's time for them to actually come go through some doors and sit at some tables and say, hey, whatever the hell y'all been doing, y'all got to stop doing it. Because mm-hmm. it's affecting our children and our grandchildren's lives. That's when the change is going to come. A lot of black people are like, well, we need to be on the front line. No, the white people need to be on the front line talking to their counterparts. Well, I think it needs to be both on the front lines. Because yeah. ultimately, the white people need to hear from people of color. They yeah. need to hear our lived experiences because ultimately, we know this, Maria, for years. We've been saying the same stuff for years. This is nothing new for us. We've been saying yeah. this stuff for years and decades. And white people haven't listened. So now right. they're listening. But I keep saying this over and over again. It's great that you woke. But are you going to get out of the bed and really make some real changes happen? What are you going to do? You know something? They have. Because the the march on Kenosha yesterday, mm-hmm. it wasn't black people. It was white people. They're infuriated that those that that young man had the opportunity to have his mother, to buy him an AR-15, have him walk around from Illinois. She brought him to Kenosha Mm -hmm. to do this. He said he was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And she literally drove from Illinois to Kenosha to watch her son perform murder. So it wasn't a premeditated for one, and secondly, she was involved in. Yeah. Well, I mean, and think about white people are that the police and and Donald Trump's and uh, the governor y'all sent these people in here. What you send America here for? Just to be the black people? Because this white man clearly called the police after he shot the first man in the head and told him, I just killed somebody. Well, this is what I think, Maria. They're mad now because two white people have been killed. Yes. It reminds me of the civil rights movement when Viola Louisa was killed and white people got upset. It reminds me when the, the three civil rights workers were murdered in Mississippi and two of them were white and white people got really mad. Why weren't you mad months ago when these, these same clowns were walking around with AR-15s and bazookas over their shoulder? You weren't mad then? Yep. Don't and get that's mad. Coming up. That's Don't coming back up. Listen, people are not buying AR-15 assault rifles and walking around with them and putting on bulletproof vests and walking around looking like they're in, 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 in the military without planning on using guns. People don't buy guns to have it sitting on a, on a, a pedestal in their house to look good, these people plan to use these guns. Right. You knew that months ago when they were walking around and, and talking about their rights, this, that, and the other, their rights, but nobody criticized. I didn't hear people from the white community criticizing these people. I mean, I heard a few voices, but I didn't hear any loud voices criticizing. I haven't heard the white community overall criticizing these militia groups over a number of years with all of the crap they've been doing. I didn't hear them criticizing them when it went to the, down to the Mexican border and were restraining people like they were the police. 
I didn't hear this outcry in the white community then. So don't act like now something's changed. They've been doing this crap for years, and y'all been sitting back like, well, you know, we got Second Amendment rights. Yeah, Second Amendment rights don't mean you got the right to to, to, to take the law into your own hands. And now that they've done it, now what do you do? Because guess what? This is not going to be the end of it. Right. Not but, be the last yeah, people. When they are the police, they are the police in many yeah, cases. They the FBI are. warned in 2006 that they were going to begin to infiltrate police departments. Absolutely. Listen, we know from back in all the day. The, all branches of the office, they had planned back then to infiltrate. And they and, had. And they had. Nobody said or done anything they're about it. They're in the White House. They're in the Senate. They're, they're everywhere. So you're, you're fighting a much bigger battle, I think, than people recognize because you got a president who emboldens these people constantly. And then these Uncle Toms, like Herschel Walker, uh-huh. and talk about this as if racism doesn't exist. I'm so tired of these people. I'm right. ready to just literally just turn off the TV every time I see one of these black fools at the RBC acting like ain't nothing going on in this country other than, you know, the fact that they're living a good life. Well, you know what? You keep enjoying your good life until they get mad at you and call you the N-word. Right. And you be on this little favorite Negro list no more. This eventually is going to happen. Well, didn't something happen to Michael Jordan's father? Well, that was just a random group of idiots, you know, two idiots that just randomly killed. They didn't know who that man was. It wasn't like it was an attack but, on no, I'm, I'm just saying that nobody's exempt at this point. Uh, random police officers are getting killed because people aren't tolerating their bullshit no more. And black people have guns, too. Maria, it's not that many police officers getting killed. I track this statistics weekly. It's not that many police officers getting killed. Not nearly as many people think. And, you know, people think that, you know, people are intentionally killing police. Listen, most of the police officers that have gotten killed this year have gotten killed responding to a call. So it's not like somebody is setting them up and ambushing them like people are trying to say. Right. There's a few instances of that, but most police officers who've been who've been shot to death, they've responded to a domestic violence incident or something of that nature, right. and the person shoots and kills them. So it's not like this this intentional conspiracy to kill police like people are trying to say. Right. That's being a police officer. That's been happening for decades. Police officers get killed. That's part of the hazards of the job. Right. And you know. I, I really, I, I'm very concerned about police officers getting killed like anybody else. But listen, I'm more concerned with the fact that police kill a thousand people a year in this country and nobody blinks an eye. Nope. And nobody go to jail for it. Nobody. I mean, all of these people that have been killed by police over the last six, seven years, many of the names that we know way too well now, uh-huh. and... What what do we have to show for it? How many how many of these police officers that have killed unarmed people, black, white, Native American, Latino, Asian American, how many of them have gone to prison? How many have gone to trial? How many have been charged? Right. And even when they go to trial, I mean, like the election that we just had with the judges, 
if a, if a jury can find you guilty and a judge can overturn the decision, what the hell are the people sitting in the box for? Well, you know, that that's different states have different laws. And that, that it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You you have laws that allow these things to perpetuate uh-huh. over over and over again. And nobody's clamoring to change those laws. You know, we we see consistent consistent efforts on the part of people around the country to protect police officers at, at, at any cost. Because as you said earlier, they don't care about the fact that they're killing black people. Some people are literally applauding these these right. the people getting killed. And then you always hear this, well, if he would have just complied, right. how, yeah. how did you tase a man yeah. and shoot him in the back seven times within three minutes of arriving on the scene? You don't even know what's going on. Right. And you've already shot the man in the back. Right. Can you even say that you were aware of what was going on at the scene and you've already chased this man down and shot him in front of three children in the car? What fool would go to a car to grab a knife out of the car with three kids in the car, knowing three police officers, one with a gun literally two feet away from him, would go and try to grab a knife out of a car? That's That would be the most foolish they, they knew that he wasn't they knew that he wasn't looking for a knife in the car. He was literally trying to leave and they were preventing him from leaving. Because the only purpose of him being at that party, he heard that those women were arguing. He wanted to get his kids mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of that adult mess. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful and we're going to continue to pray that he gets better so he can tell what actually happened, what he was there for. Right, right. Well, I want to wish you luck with the next couple days there in D.C. Uh, Say hi to Milwaukee peeps for me. And uh, looking forward to getting you back home safely, Maria. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I, I don't I, I don't think they totally went senseless, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I, I I hope not at any rate, but hey, we're gonna put God first and trust and believe that everybody will remain safe and we will come back home and hopefully try to come together on one united front to work this thing out where uh, <clears throat> we can get laws and stuff changed because it's not going to stop until the laws be changed. Yeah. All right. Well, take care until next time we, we see each other. All right. And don't you be so upset because, hey, this we've been living through this all our lives. So it got to get better from this point. So I want to encourage you. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I'll take I'll take a chill pill sometime today. All right. All right. All right. I'll talk to you next week, Brett. Take care. Okay. Bye.